0: Gina Della from Pella. Choose 5 years no interest and 5 months no first payment or 10 year 2.99 APR financing. Ends August 31st. Set your free consultation today at PellaWI.com slash radio or 855 PellaWI.
1: Live from the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Studios at State Fair Park. This is the Jeff Wagner show. The Accunet Mortgage Talk and Text line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner.
2: Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. Let me just say this. On behalf of everybody, I I know people think this way on Friday, but this Friday after this week, I I think it's... T G I F, and it's just—it's been a week, you know, between all the power issues. And I understand there's still about fifteen thousand, you know, We Energies uh, families that are still without power. They're—they're they're doing their their very best. So I understand that that's been going on. It's just in general been a long week. I'm also a little bit nostalgic because this is our last broadcast, or at least my last broadcast from the 2021 Wisconsin State Fair. I was trying to count up and I I think, I mean, I started TMJ about a week before the state fair in the summer of 1998 and I think last year, of course, there wasn't a state fair and one year we made the decision not to come out here, which um, again, management that made that decision isn't around anymore. But So I, I think I was trying to do inclusive counting, and I think I've been here 22 years. And I, I just I, I want to, because I might forget about this later on in the program, so I just I just want to start off by thanking everyone. First of all, thanks to all the fans, everybody who stopped by and said hello. It, it means more to me than I can tell you. Thanks to everybody at WTMJ and Good Karma for making this happen, Kirsten and Kristen and Shawnee and all the people behind the scenes who do all the stuff that's necessary for guys like me and Mercure to come out here and do our shows. Thanks to our street team, um, Kathleen O'Leary from the State Fair. I, I appreciate it all. And our on-site engineer, John Tyler, who's been here with me every day, keeping us on the air. So I, a special thank you to all of those people. And, again, thanks to all of you for coming out and, and saying hello. I am, and I think we all are, kind of ready for the weekend. It's been it's been one of those weeks between the, the major storms on on Tuesday. And then, of course, the the power outages, I I alluded to this earlier, Wednesday was one of these just kind of nightmare days to me, for me, because in addition to, in our case, it was, I think I told you, the the power went out around 7.30 at night, it came back about 3 in the morning, so it was an inconvenience, not the huge issue it's been for so many of you, and I I, I understand that, but Wednesday was one of these days where my my little dog, my 6-year-old dog, had to go in to get her teeth cleaned, and then I get a call when I'm on the air saying the vet says, well, there's a couple teeth that need to be pulled, and I, of course, I, I understand. It's a routine procedure, but you know, you know. For me, my, my pets are like are like kids, and so we were wrestling with that whole thing. And she's she's just doing fine and all that. So it's, but it's been a long week, and I'm ready for the weekend. Uh, this weekend, we were going to go up to Hamburger Fest in Seymour, Wisconsin. My son-in-law and his dad, Jim they they're very they're very big with they're from Seymour and they're very very big with the Hamburger Fest thing. If you've never been to Hamburger Fest, you you really should go. Seymour claims to be the home of the hamburger and every year, now Hamburger Fest didn't occur last year I think, but every year that they make like a 200 plus pound hamburger, it's really something to see and they have a parade and we enjoy it and we were up there 2 years ago. We're going to go back this year but because of just kind of the long week and the fact that I really even though we've got a great lady sister pat who watches my dog I just didn't feel like, like I just didn't feel because sasha had the procedures and stuff I, I kind of wanted to stay with her so we're we are going to miss hamburger fest this year but if you're up in that area it, it's just it's a great time you got to go over and see a 200 pound hamburger also I think my wife might be secretly glad that we're not going back there this year because this gives me an opportunity to tell my big boy story if, if you have if you heard it before I apologize but for some reason, over the years, I became just enthralled with big boy memorabilia to the point that a number of years ago, I found this giant eight-foot big boy, you know, one of the ones that used to be outside some restaurant in California that was for sale on, on eBay. And I wanted to, I wanted to buy it. And, you know, at the time, I lived in Whitefish Bay and my late wife said, well, what are we going to do with this? And I said, we'll, I, I, we'll, we'll buy it. And we'll like, we'll put it in the front flower bed and we'll up light it. And, you can imagine the, the look I got. It was kind of a non-starter. And I said, well, how about the backyard? And the, you know that didn't work out anyway. So, I mean, I've told these stories before, and I know a number of you, by the way, have sent me little big boy bobbleheads and things like that. Well, two years ago, when we were at Hamburger Fest in Seymour, they have the Hamburger Museum, and it's got all sorts of stuff in it. And they've got a pristine little big boy statue that stands about four and a half feet tall. And, and I found it, and I wanted it. So now it's a display, but I I went to the people and I said, okay, I want to buy this. And they said, well, it's not for sale. And I said, look, look don't judge it no you're not hearing me I want to buy it give me a price and I'm watching my lovely wife standing beside me and she's looking at me trying to figure out what's going on am I serious is this a rib what's going on and she's like what are you talking about it's not for sale I said honey everything is for sale and then the the, I ended up talking to like two or three people in the museum and none of them had the authority to give me a price but I'm like give me a price give me a price so I had made it very clear that if we were going back this weekend I I was going to make another run at trying to get that, that big boy statue and of course my lovely wife looks at me with that look that all you ladies learned from your mothers early on that 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 i married a moron look and she's like she still hasn't figured out if i'm serious enough about it and sometimes i don't know whether i'm serious about it or not but it's just i wanted the statue i was going to make another run at it but we're not going back to hamburger fest but next year next year i guarantee we're going to be up there and i'm going to do everything i can to bring that big boy statue home all right A lot of stuff coming up on today's program. There is going to be consequences for people who make the decision not to get vaccinated. And a number of people are already saying they are making that decision they're not going to have it you heard some interviews from some nurses during the uh during the top of the hour news some of these nurses were saying look we're you know if our employer says they're going to fire us if we if we don't get it well you know we don't care you know we're we're willing to to be fired we're not going to be forced into doing this which is the decision that they are making i have said and we've discussed over the course of the last week I, I wonder how serious employers are about this because given the fact that you can't get a lot of employees you know, if all of a sudden October fifteenth or November first rolls around and you've got ten or fifteen percent of your workforce that is still unvaccinated, um, how, how can can you really, as a practical matter, can you just all let them go? And I, I mean, I don't know one way or the other what's going to happen. I know a number of people in healthcare said they're going to let them go, but the question is then who's going to do that work? But the interesting issue is if in fact people are terminated because they decline to get the vaccine. One of the interesting questions is what happens then? I will explain and we will have an interesting discussion. Stick around. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ.
0: Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
2: We're broadcasting live from the Wisconsin State Fair and one of the cutest young fans how 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 old is she? About a year. Oh, she's 4. Outstanding. Four out here at the State Fair. Uh, we, we start them young on the Wagner program. All right. Um, we we have a lot of stuff going on today. Um, a matter of fact, we have a really really good giveaway. Um, the biggest stick in the state is your home for all things deep fried and on a stick. Join us the Wisconsin as as join us here on Wisconsin's radio station as we broadcast every day from the state fair. Come by and see your favorite hosts. Hopefully that includes me and our studio located across from the expo center on the south side of the fairgrounds. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Sister Bay Furniture Company. It's the Wisconsin State Fair on News Radio W. TMJ. Okay, so that's that brings me to the point. We've got we've got your chance to win. It's going to be coming up sometime between now and three. Something really cool. Spice up your patio with a Milano dining set from Sister Bay Furniture. Tune in all day for your chance to win. The Milano line has a clean, classic, and comfortable style. It fits any patio. It retails for over four thousand dollars. It's the Sister Bay Furniture State Fair giveaway on News Radio WTMJ. Matter of fact two of the the patio chairs are, are behind me in our studio it i these would look great on on our patio what we're going to do is all the programs today, I think starting with Wisconsin's Morning News and then Scafidi and then myself and then Wisconsin's Afternoon News, we're going to be at some point in time in our program uh, taking a particular caller who will be the qualifier for that show. Then at the end of the day, they're going to draw one name. One of those four qualifiers will win the the, the package. But it's really, really cool. So keep listening. We're going to do that sometime between now and 3 o'clock for you to be the qualifier from the Wagner program for this great patio furniture. And thanks to Mr. Bay Furniture Company for it. Like I say, this I'm not kidding you. This would look great on my patio. And if it would look great on my patio, that means it would look great on yours. Okay, so let's get started. The we, We've talked ad nauseum about vaccine requirements and things of, of the like. More and more employers, both in healthcare care and in other areas, are saying you need to be vaccinated. And if you're not vaccinated by a certain time, we're going to fire you. Alright, now again, we, we've talked about, as I mentioned before, will they really follow through on that? Where are they going to get the replacement workers? I don't know any of those questions. But, but they're, they're going to fire you. I, that's at least what they say. Now, I am not an employment lawyer by nature, nor do I play one on the radio. But, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of employment lawyers who would say that employers have the legal right to, to let you go. Now, I, I'm, I mean, I'm not making any prediction on how any lawsuits would occur. But in in general, I think people are saying that they have the right – most, I think, lawyers would tell you that they probably have the right to to let you go. What employers are going to say is that essentially it's a voluntary termination. What's happening is – and this is the argument they're going to make – if you refuse to get vaccinated, that would be like a a failure to comply with work rules, and, you know, you will – you will be let go for cause. That's what the argument is going to ma- be made. Well, now typically, you know, people in this country, you know, we, we have for most folks, you are, you are what they call at will employees, which means that you can quit anytime you want you don't have to give notice if you don't want you wake up one morning and you decide boom i'm done okay fine you you just don't show up for work you know you don't have to and employers can get rid of you at any time for any reason or no reason as long as it's not an illegal reason but but that's how that's how it, it generally works if you are let go for no reason, no violation of work rules, chances are you're going to be able to put in a claim for unemployment insurance. You're going to say, hey, I I lost my job. I I want to get unemployment insurance. If, however, you are let go for cause, that would be like a failure to um, follow work rules, you're not eligible for unemployment, which then brings us to the question of what should happen if somebody refuses to get the vaccine, and then puts in for unemployment. Now, I bring this up because there's a handful of Republican lawmakers who want want to introduce legislation which would say, if you are let go, if you are terminated, if you lose your job because you refuse to get vaccinated, you would be eligible for unemployment. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What do you think about that? If somebody loses their job because they fail to, in this case, comply with the workplace rule, they fail to get vaccinated, should they be entitled to unemployment insurance, uh, which would allow them to at least collect some money for a period of time? 855-616-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This doesn't happen very often. Tony Evers says... He would veto this bill if it actually came to his desk. I think Tony Evers is right. But what do you think? If somebody is let go because they refuse to get vaccinated, should they be entitled to unemployment compensation? 855-616-1620. That's the Academic Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss in just a moment. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's like Young Kids Day at the State Fair. Lots of people coming by, a couple four-year-olds, a two-year-old watching us with moms and dads. It's absolutely great. Okay, so here's the deal. If employers follow through and fire people in Wisconsin for failure to... Get the vaccines. I think the general sentiment is that's going to be treated like a voluntary termination, like somebody just failed to follow workplace rules. And they're probably, I say probably, not going to be eligible for unemployment insurance um, there's a, a bill that a couple of Republican legislators are trying to introduce saying, hey, if you lose your job because you won't get the vaccine, you should get unemployment insurance. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Tony Evers says he's going to veto it. But if somebody does lose their job because they won't get the vaccination, should they be entitled to unemployment insurance? Gianni and Montello Gianni, you're first. Yes, thank you, Jeff. Hey, listen, Jeff, um I think this is this is a, a great excuse
1: for someone um to quit their job if they don't like it or they're a disgruntled employee and stay home and collect unemployment. And we see that 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 problem has has been an issue um for 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 months now for perhaps for over
2: a year and um so i think the governor is right on this i i just i don't think that this is this is good policy you see you you you, you i went into town today and you know every business is asking for workers and mm-hmm.
1: listen this is a serious virus and i am going to get the jab next week so um mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's, it's it's
2: just bad policy on the on the part of the Republicans, and I think the, the 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 governor has a right to veto it. Yeah, Gianni, thanks for calling. See, I, I, I look here. Here's the deal. I, I I think, in general, I think people get to make choices. I think. An employer has the right, for example, in this case, and, and it's going to be, I think, even clearer once the FDA approves this vaccine, once it moves from it, its emergency or experimental status, and it's going to in the next couple weeks. Uh, that, that's just what's going to happen. I think an employer has the right to say, OK, these are the rules. You as an employee then have the right to say, hey, I'm going to follow this rule or I'm not going to follow the rule. And if you decide not to follow the rule, well, you have every right, I think, to say, OK, I'm, I'm going to go take my skills and talents That's just the kind of way it works. But if you make the decision, hey, they've got this workplace rule. I can't comply with it. I refuse to comply with it. Well, go with God. I think that that's your right to do it. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that you should qualify for unemployment insurance. And I think that's what the hang up about this is. David in Oconomowoc. David, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, thanks for taking
3: my call, Jeff. I agree with both your last caller and yourself. Hi, Yeah, I I think that um, employees are given a choice, a a criteria of employment, and if they fail to meet that criteria, you know, they're, they're let go. They, and to receive unemployment compensation because they're going to ride it out to the last day, knowing full well that they're just making a choice not to remain employed, I I don't think that's right, and I think it sounds like they're trying to milk the system to kind of, you know, flip their finger one last time as they walk out the door. (laughs)
2: Well, no, thanks for the call, Dave. Well, I mean, I, I guess it, to me, though, if if you walk away from your job, as a general rule, if you're the one that decides I, I don't want to follow the workplace rules, typically you don't get unemployment. I mean, if um, I'm, I'm trying to think of like an example, okay, I do noon to three here at WTMJ. And, and I've got a contract, so it's a little bit of a different world. But let's assume I wasn't on a contract. And WTMJ said, Jeff, you know, we, we look, we, we love what's going on, noon to three. And as an aside, you know, the, the show's you know as popular as it's ever been, if not more so. And you're doing a great job. But we, we want to see what we can do. And we want to move you to the midnight to three <laughs> area. And then I, I say, well, okay, that that's wonderful. But I don't want to do midnight to three. And, and I decide I'm, I'm going to quit. Well, the employer has the right to move me. And I have the right to decide – and putting aside contracts, let's just forget that for a minute. I have the right to say, "Oh, sorry, I'm I'm not going to work here anymore." But that's that's just that's just a, a reflection of what ends up happening. That doesn't mean that I should be entitled to unemployment because I made the decision to leave because in this case I didn't want to follow the particular workplace rule. I respect the right, and I respect the people who are deciding. Look, I don't want to do it, but this is one of the consequences. The consequences are that that some employers are going to say, "Okay, well, you're." We're going to treat that as a voluntary termination of, of your employment. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner newest summer event is a WTMJ Classic from the club at Loch LaBelle and Oconomowoc. Our WTMJ team is hitting the golf course this August for a day of food, fun, and networking. Join us on August 17th. That's next Tuesday during the WTMJ Classic live broadcast for an online auction benefiting Rogers Memorial Health Foundation, a Wisconsin nonprofit providing life-saving mental health treatment. Text the word golf to see the items now. It's the WTMJ Classic, hosted by the club at Locke Labelle, sponsored by Imperial Service Systems, Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, Griffin Automotive Group, and Gruber Law Offices. Well, one of the things I love about broadcasting live from the State Fair is you never know who's going to come by the State Fair booth. And I looked up as we went to the break, and lo and behold... It's WTMJ legend Jonathan Green who now joins us. Oh, see, see, people, people are applauding. Our our outside mic is bright, broken, John. So I can't. <laughs> the, the outside mic is broken, but but you know, people are in fact applauding. How you been?
3: I didn't even know if I had to turn my microphone on or not. Yeah, you, you,
2: get, you, get to, you
3: get to push the button. How you been? Oh, yeah, great! Uh, just excellent, excellent. Uh, this is my. First time back at the State Fair. I retired. I announced my retirement right before the State Fair in twenty ten.
2: Okay, well, this is my it's first been, time it's,
3: back. It's been that long. Wow, right. time yeah. ten years. So, well wow. it's eleven years um, since, wow. since I announced the retirement. Then I retired at the end of that year, and I've been wandering the world. <laughs> okay, when, when you're back here in the State Fair booth, does this does this bring back memories and all? <laughs> I think I was here. 35 years in this room it's the same furniture it's the same uh carpet it is yeah (laughs) the same leaky spots on the ceiling (laughs) but we
2: but but we but let but but we love it anyways it's very functional remember when back in the day they used to have like all our pictures behind us here and people would come by and they'd look and say that's what john green really looks like and all yeah yeah There, there was a
3: wisecrack from the back of the room. That's my wife Kathy. She, 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 she took up wisecracking, which she kind of learned from me, and now I'm the target. <laughs> yeah,
2: f- f- funny how that works. She's giving yeah. you the thumbs up. Okay, so you know what have you been doing? What are, now? You are. I know for a while you were in Arizona quite a bit. So what my, are you doing now? My passion was riding my Harley, and. um So
3: I wanted to go to a place where you could ride it all year long, and I looked all over the country and I settled on Tucson, not Phoenix, but Tucson, Arizona. We bought a house there. For three years, we tried to be snowbirds and we still had a big house here. That didn't really work too well for us. So for the last seven years, we have been full-time residents of Arizona. And people say, oh, isn't it too hot there? Well. Heat in Arizona versus polar vortex here. Yeah, it's kind of a toss-up, really. Right. Right. But uh, we, uh, one of our sons, decided to have grandbabies, so uh, we recently purchased a condominium out in Lake Country. Mm -hmm. and so we're back here summers and holidays and we're still in tucson some of the year too. and i have a a harley in
2: each location oh there you go (laughs) so you are um bi-residential in other words so you're yeah
3: yeah so i've used that word
2: yeah Yeah. exactly no i probably stole it from you there right there yeah (laughs) absolutely so you're enjoying retirement a lot i really am and
3: i god bless that i've been in good health and um and and I live in two geezer communities. The one in Tucson is a 55 plus, and the apartment that we have here in Lake Country is a 55 plus, so I I live around people my age and around that, and um, I, I'm just really grateful that I've had good enough health compared to a lot of people that right. I that I've met. I've been to many too too many
2: funerals. Well, you know, I, I always try to explain that to people. You get to a a certain age in life, and and unfortunately, I'm getting closer to that where it seems like almost every time you pick up the telephone, it, it's somebody that you know or somebody who somebody you know who, who's gotten some bad diagnosis yeah. or some health issue. Yeah. It really makes you appreciate that life is short. It really. Uh
3: really is a sad time when you lose all your friends and i've lost quite a few
2: um okay let, let's take a walk down memory lane it, I mean, think back how many years here at wtmj 30 some I took a little two-year hiatus
3: in the middle, but it w- it added up to 41 years, 41 including years. that two years, um, which I don't want to get into where right. that was, but um, I started here right out of the American Forces Radio Network when I got out of the service in 1969, and I had sent letters trying to get a job all over the country and the one that landed here got me the job here so i started on the first of june 1969 my last day was the last day of 2010 so forty one years
2: you know it's an interesting aside um earlier this week sitting exactly in the chair you're sitting was steve wexler and steve of course is the vice president and market manager i
3: I saw that on facebook
2: (laughs) right and and of course you know and steve always thought i mean steve started off as a teenager riding his bike to wtmj and somehow he was able to talk himself into a job and he ended up being like your producer for a while
3: what happened is he he and another guy who I don't even know who the other guy was because he never ended up here, I had done that, walked down, gone to the front desk, and we had this wonderful receptionist back then named Katherine Hilmer, and she didn't know exactly what to do with their request, so she calls back to our office, and I picked up the phone and said, I have a couple of boys here that want to, you know. I said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll entertain them. Right. And so um, I got Steve, and he was real interested in it, and, and at the time, we didn't have people to answer our phones, take down the names and addresses of contest winners right. and stuff like that. And I thought, well, I could use a kid for that. Right. And so that's how that started. He, by the way, became the hallmark for how to do that. He was just great at it. Mm-hmm. And I've got some, if we had a, an hour, <laughs> I could tell you some stories of some of the really cool stuff he did as a teenage kid. Right. So he went on from being my unofficial intern to being my boss's
2: boss's boss. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> it's just funny how that, all thing, how that whole thing works. Look, okay, so for 41 years. Did you think back? Are there are there a couple memories, a couple incidents, a couple things that, that really might stand out? And I know it's tough to pick one or two things when you're talking about that long a career. I have two things, and I
3: don't have recordings of either one of them. A lot of people will remember the 12 Days of Christmas gifts right. that I gave to Catherine Catalane, who was the traffic reporter in both mornings and afternoons, and we faked it by making phone calls to places and ordering that merchandise. That was cool. And it made it it made it made on the front page of the Milwaukee Sentinel back then. So that was a cool thing. One of my favorites, though, it was um, back before cell phones. I would do contests where I'd give prizes to people who would call me from a payphone. So these were people driving in their cars. They'd have to stop and find a payphone and and dial the number. And we had a way that, that we knew that that phone number was a, a cell phone number. So we could verify that. So one day I got a hold of a lady and I had a pocket full of stuff to give away from someplace. And she called me from a Kmart parking lot. While I'm talking to her, a bunch of other cars drove up and started honking their horns and getting out of their cars. So I'm thinking, wow, this is really cool. (laughs) So I said, I'd give you the prize. I said, not only that, I've got prizes for all the other people who stopped there, but here's what you have to do for me. You have to get all those people to sing We Wish You a Merry Christmas (laughs) over the phone. So course, I wasn't there. My vision of this, because radio is, as you know, theater of the mind, is this phone dangling from a payphone, <laughs> cars pulled in at odd angles, and 12 strangers gathered together in song to sing We Wish You a Merry Christmas to this payphone. <laughs> and I wish I had a video of it. I don't even have an audio recording of it, but I just love that we were able to do goofy stuff like that and just
2: have fun with it. Well, you, you talk about pay phones, and I, there, there's a certain segment of our audience that is listening to us, and they're going, what is this pay phone What's thing? Pay phone? People? But, <laughs> but, but even in just, I mean, I started doing this in 95 part-time, full-time at TMJ since 98, but but even the way it, it, it's changed, and you were talking about like the, the cell phones and stuff, you know, in, in the beginning, the only people that call in typically were people who were at home because they had the landlines there, and then you went to the, the phones those, bo- those big bag phones that people had in the <laughs> yeah. cars. Or installed and, in the car. Right, exactly. Yeah. And and then now with cell phones, everybody's got one, and you can have people that can call in and, and participate. It's really been one of the dramatic changes that I've seen just yeah. in the 25 years I've been doing this. Oh, yeah. This technology yeah. stuff is...
3: It has shaken up a lot of businesses, ours included but it 's also created a whole lot of uh, businesses that are remarkable and uh, One of the things from my age that i 'm proud of is i 've kept up with technology mm-hmm. and as I said, I live with a bunch of other geezers and, and a lot of them don 't even know how to stream netflix or <laughs> or um, or even do text messaging right it 's not that they don 't want don't don 't how to they don 't want to and right. and to me, when you stop at this point with the development of technology if you stop keeping up with it it's going to be awful hard to get back and you'll give up and then you'll you'll be out of it you'll just be left
2: behind well jonathan i know you i I appreciate you coming in and i kind of drafted you you were out here enjoying the (laughs) fair with with your your lovely wife so i'm going to let you get back to it but I, i really do appreciate you coming in you were such The thing about WTMJ that I know you found and I certainly find is people are so kind to invite us into their lives. We become part of their lives and um, just part of that that community. And you were part of that community for 40 years, and I appreciate you checking in because I know everybody's going to be going, Oh, Jonathan Green, how's he doing? He's doing great, it sounds like. There's a lot of signals sending out programming in every market.
3: And in this station, WTMJ AM is more than a radio station. It is... Something that lives in people's houses. It's something, I've always felt this, you don't hit the button. I remember when Rob Edwards came to work uh, for us from another radio station, and he got depressed because people would call up and complain about the record he was playing. I said, Rob, people own this radio station. (laughs) When you worked at the other station, they just hit the button and went to a different radio station. People just, and I hope it's still the same, they just feel attached to this radio station and it's that's different than every other signal
2: right in this town right they're listening they're involved they they care absolutely no it's special john you look great thanks for stopping by thanks for putting me on absolutely back with more in just a minute this is jeff wagner jeff wagner on wtmj wisconsin's radio station is broadcasting live every day from the wisconsin state fair when the wtmj team isn't hard at work in the studio they're grabbing a bite to eat at major Goolsby's heartland located right next to the cream puff pavilion or at major Goolsby's downtown dangerously close to the deer district wtmj and major Gouldsby's come see us at the fair well thanks for john that was very it was a, it was a nice surprise john and his wife were just standing outside and i said john you want to come on and he's like yeah people don't want to hear from me and i know people do want to hear from you and so and of course, our, our text line is just exploding with that. I, the the thing is, it really is a comment on how quickly time flies. Because I, I still have, when 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 John retired. They they had a they had a like a party and a banquet and stuff like that and I still and they, I mean I remember they had they had like glassware and things like that I still have some of the glassware that they gave out and all and um, I can't believe it was eleven years ago Wow I mean time does fly but um, I know radio is the theater of the mind but for everybody who's a fan of John Green and the greenhouse he looks absolutely great looks absolutely great All right on a more somber note and I, I don't I, I hate talking about things. And, and just venting without having good solutions because I, I have solutions, but I, I, I don't know that anybody would ever implement them. As I was saying a while ago, the, the, the final Jeopardy answer is 120. 120. The question is how fast were these two guys going in the street race last Saturday before they hit and killed? Those two young men. If if you will remember this story, it happened at about 60th and Hampton, Last Saturday afternoon, like it was like four o'clock in the afternoon or thereabouts, we're not talking about four o'clock in the morning. We're talking about four o'clock in the afternoon on 60th and Hampton. And for people not familiar with the Milwaukee area, Hampton is one of the major east-west streets. So if you're on the east side of Milwaukee and you want to go out to Wauwatosa or you want to go out to Waukesha and you don't want to take the freeway, Hampton would be one of the streets that you would take um, along with Silver Spring or Good Hope or North Avenue or whatever, Capital Drive as well. These are major northeast uh, west streets. So, four o'clock or so in the afternoon, you have these two yo-yos, one named James Hinton, 30, another named James Malone, 37, are driving um, there, they are street racing. And, you know, what ended up happening is there was this car driven by, you know, it was two young men, 22 years old. They're making a left turn at the intersection of 60th Street and West Hampton Avenue. They have the right of way. They're, they're making they're making the left turn, so they're where they're supposed to be. And you've got these two crazy people who are street racing, going, well, we'll talk about the speed in just a minute, and one of them hits and slams into this car that's in the intersection making a left turn, kills both of the men, kills the two 22-year-olds. They're dead in the car, and as often happens in these situations, the guy who is responsible for the crash, well, um, you know, he ends up, You know, he ends up in the hospital, but but he's ultimately going to be okay. The second street racer, he loses control of the car, crashes into several boulders and a parked car, and that guy gets up and he runs away. Now, they've caught him, but, but here's the deal. They were racing neck and neck. Data, get this, data from the vehicles show both cars were traveling at or about 120 miles an hour moments before the crash. All right, late afternoon on a Saturday. 60th and Hampton you've got these two idiots who are driving a 120 miles an hour down the street and and I, I keep coming back to this it was four or so in the afternoon it wouldn't be right if you were doing it at four in the morning but it's four o'clock in the afternoon that could have been you in that intersection it could have been your family it could have been your friends it could have been me it could have been my spouse you're just you you are just victims of this craziness the estimate that right before for impact, the cars slowed, and I put that in air quotation marks from about 120 to 102. So clearly, at the last second, they saw, my God, there's somebody in the intersection that's making a a left turn, but by then it's too late. So they hit them at 102 miles an hour, and you have two people that are dead. Okay, so now now the two that were involved in the street race, you know, they've been charged, and you know, presumably. You know They're both going to go to prison for a while. My guess is this is not the first time, this is not the first rodeo for either one of these people. I mean, it's, maybe it is, but it seems to me you don't wake up one day and say, hey, today's the day that at 4 o'clock in the afternoon we're going to drag race um, down a major east-west street in Milwaukee, and we're going to see how fast we can get the cars to go. This is part of an ongoing and long-standing problem. You have more and more people that are out there on the roadways that just don't give a rat's rump about anybody. It, it's the impulse control of a fruit fly. It's we don't care what's going to happen. And, and by the way, a lot of times it's kids that are doing this. I mean, a lot of times it's kids and stolen cars and stuff. These guys aren't kids. One's 37 years old and one's 30. I mean, really, you want to say Peter Pan? What it makes you think that at 37 years old it's okay to drive? 120 miles an hour down the streets. I mean, for goodness sakes. And now you have people that are dead. Um, in Milwaukee so far, through um, Tuesday, 35 traffic fatalities in 2021. Countywide, a record death of 107 traffic deaths were reported in twenty. 20- Twenty. I mean, at some point in time, there, there's only so much that authorities can do. Now, I've been arguing for the longest time when you catch people that are engaged in reckless driving, you've you, you got to take their cars away from them. If you catch people that are driving without valid licenses, and I don't know what the circumstance of these two uh, people were, you, you've got to – if they don't have driver's licenses, boom, I think you've got to put them in jail. We've got to get serious on this. How many more people are going to have to die before we say, look – we can't allow this to happen. And again, these stories haunt me, which is the reason I talk about them, because it's just, it's so random. I have no doubt those two 22-year-olds, hey, they're, they're doing nothing wrong. They're, they're just going to wherever they're going. They're making a left turn, and they just happen to be at the intersection when this happens. How many more people have to die before we recognize, whether it's in the judges, with the judges, or the DAs, or the chattering class of politicians, that it's time to start taking this stuff seriously and if that means warehousing a bunch of people who decide that they're going to drive an automobile in a dangerous fashion then let's warehouse those people period all right back with more in just a minute this is jeff wagner we're broadcasting live from the wisconsin state fair live from the wtmj annex
1: wealth management studios at state fair park this is the jeff wagner show
2: and now here's wtmj's jeff wagner Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. As we've been saying for the last uh, 10 days or so, we're broadcasting live from the Wisconsin State Fair. Um, We're going into the final weekend of the fair, and actually today is a Chamber of Commerce Day. There's no question about it, and the weather forecast looks absolutely great moving forward. Uh, We are joined by my dear friend Kathleen O'Leary. Kathleen, it seems like we started this all out a week ago. It seems like forever. Remember the cream puff of Palooza, you know, a week ago Wednesday and everybody lined up to get the cream puffs? It's been an interesting time since then.
4: You know, it, it sure has. It's been a wild ride. Here we are on day nine of the Wisconsin State Fair. You and I were out there the day before we opened up. Yeah. You know what a hundred years that it's been since we've had a storm like we had on Tuesday night with 77 mile an hour winds Mm -hmm. sustainable for you know upwards of 11 minutes so (laughs)
2: Um, so let's talk a little bit about that How, how did how did the fair handle that that evening
4: you know what we have a really comprehensive severe weather plan right and then we have an emergency operations center and let me tell you, it's been activated more than I would have liked, but um, we're monitoring everything. We have cameras on every aspect of the fair park. We're communicating with every single one of the different departments because certainly you can only imagine. I mean, we have thousands of animals in the barns, so we got to treat ag very different than we're treating our food and beverage. And then we have a concert that's trying to go on stage, and then we have the expo center, which is where we're pushing everyone into because that's shelter safe, and those all of those vendors. So, if if the listeners can just understand the magnitude of what we did, but safety was at always at the forefront of what we do, and certainly on Tuesday night, and um, on Friday night, and on Saturday night, yeah. <laughs> um, it's been a, it's been a lot of nights of, of storms, but um, no one no one was hurt, and that's what we're so proud of, or not proud of. That's what we're so grateful for right? right and that's we got through it um we did not have a lot of damage which i'm really surprised about just with all, all of the tenting that we have the temporary tents the temporary fencing i really thought that there would be a lot more damage and there wasn't the the grandstand what protected our main stage which is a you know another godsend. Uh, our main stage i mean those 77 mile an hour winds that's
2: mm-hmm.
4: things can't they <laughs> can't tolerate that right. so um, right.
2: well, it was it was amazing, kind of the, the hidden miss nature of this. Uh, the last couple of days I've been driving around the area and I, I told people, I mean, we lost our power about 730 at night. It came back about three in the morning. So it was an inconvenience, not, you know, not the nightmare it's been for some people that are around there. But it's just amazing because, you know, from block to block, some people had power, some people didn't. And the, the tree damage just around the whole area has been absolutely incredible. You drive into some of these streets and trees are down. You can't you know, the trees are on power lines. Just a nightmare.
4: When I left here after 1 o'clock in the morning on that night, I could not get down my street. I live on Walwatosa. I could not get down my street. It was completely blocked with all the trees. I had a lot of damage at my own home. I did not lose my electricity, but two blocks down for about a six, seven-mile quadrant still do not have <laughs> electricity so yes we um but the long and short of it is that we've weathered some really incredible weather heat indexes right. you know of 107 which we have not heard of and how long um points of upwards of 80 <laughs> mm-hmm. which also we haven't heard of but you know what to the listeners that came out and truly weathered it because it was their day to come there are I, I can't say thank you enough. And now we have a beautiful forecast. That I love the words of virtually non-existent precipitation. <laughs> <laughs> I have it etched in my head. So we had, you know, a beautiful day today and tomorrow and Sunday. So if you haven't been able to come out, please do.
2: Okay, I, I know. You know, you, you do. A, you do a lot of reassessment. A lot after a, a fair ends. But um, the different safety protocols that you put in, how? how do you think they've been working um, from a health perspective and how tough have they been to, to enforce? Is that all working out well?
4: You know what? we are. Um, it's a standard of excellence, and I, I can't say enough about our staff. I can't say enough about our preparedness in every respect. So in addition to the weather, I mean, we continue to make improvements and tweaks because they were simply tweaks of one storm and then the next storm. We learned from the first storm and then the third storm and then the, obviously the, the ferocious 100-year storm. But they were never like overhauls. We were really, really prepared when it comes to our biohazard cleanliness and sanitization protocols. Our changeovers have been incredible. Um, they And then when I say changeover, that means that over the course of the 11 days, we have four major changeovers where we... Clear out the barns of the animals, and that's no easy task, right? You're clearing animals out, and then you're cleaning and sanitizing and bringing animals literally back in while they're they're waiting to come back in. So, I um, I'm very proud of what we have done here at Wisconsin State Fair on day nine, and mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna end up. Really strong.
2: One of the the changes that was put into place this year was was the cashless entry system um, for ticketing and for parking. Not not on the grounds. If you're on the grounds, vendors take cash, mm-hmm. but but to get in, you, you need a credit card or to, to have purchased your your tickets and your parking passes beforehand. How is that working out? Do you think that's going to be the wave of the future, or is it too soon to tell?
4: You know what. We eased into this, right? It's relatively a hybrid situation, and we um, we were encouraging in to buy tickets in advance. We encourage the the cashless. Eighty six percent of all of our transactions are a credit card. Twenty six to thirty two second, you know, transaction, a lot less contact. So, um, certainly, it is the wave of the world and the the route that everyone is going to be going. But we're still trying to accommodate those that have to just kind of get themselves into it but um it has gone very well i mean Mm -hmm. the the first day was was hard right i mean we we had a different time that we started so the eight nine ten o'clock hour people all had to wait until 11 o'clock so you're you're catching up on three hours and then the 11 o'clock surge came so there's just a lot but by day two we had already improved what we were doing there so I'm, i'm again i'm proud and thank you to the listeners that Again, the credit cards make the transaction much quicker, more efficient, and you get in, and then you can have your your fair day start a lot quicker.
2: Do you believe that later start is this? Is this a, was this a one off because of everything we've been going through <laughs> mm-hmm. over the last year? Do you, do you think? Moving f- that that the fair will open up, you know, go back to its more traditional opening time in years to come, or is it just too soon to tell?
4: You know what? What I will tell the listeners, and and certainly to you, Jeff, we will analyze, we will scrutinize, we will survey, we will survey our listeners, we will survey our operators, our vendors, our exhibitors, our sponsors. We will make that decision. Um, this is not a force. You know, this is not a set in stone, and this is how we're going to move forward for the rest of our lives by any stretch. It was the right thing to do given our labor shortage given you know, coming out of the situation that we came out of and what we're currently in. So there was a lot of reasons why we did it this year. And what, is, what does it look like for 2022? Stand by.
2: <laughs> Stand by. Stay tuned. Um, I think j- just to kind of prime the pump on this as well, people and i think sometimes incorrectly judge the success of an event based on attendance now my my sense is that, that attendance this year is going for a variety of reasons whether it's a later start or the pandemic or, or whatever uh, attendance is is not going to be this year what it's been in years past i i candidly think you get a lot of credit for pulling off a, an event you know like this um but I, so i guess You know, when the numbers ultimately come out, um, how do you judge the success of of an event if if we don't have as many people this year as we did last year, which I assume is going to be the case?
4: And you know what? Opening these gates was the biggest success, right? right? And I've said it all along, and the board of directors uh, support me and the staff and it's about being able to open up, being able to operate safely, um, abiding by all of the protocols that we need to for the 11 days to celebrate everything that we should be so proud of. The numbers at the end of the day do, you know, we came off of a 7 years, you know, consecutive right. a million people um, up till 2019. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for a successful run, a successful 11-day run for people to come out and have had a great experience, and I I mean that as sincere as people can hopefully hear my voice because... It's not about whether it's 800,000, whether it's about 750,000, whether it's about a million one. It's about the people that came out, felt like they were welcomed, felt like they were safe, and felt like they came and had the experience that they have loved for all of the years. I mean, this is our 170th Wisconsin State Fair.
2: Have you been getting positive feedback from the vendors?
4: we have and you know what the vendors have weathered this right yeah. this is this has been hard on all of us and the all that they say and you know there's nothing that resonates better and if there's any of my vendors that are listening thank you because it's Kathleen we opened right. we're better than where we were and last year and it's the the beauty of being able to be here and and enjoy what we're doing and have this wonderful 11-day run.
2: Well, you know, and that, that's such a key, because w- with all the different things that were shut down, we all we all felt, felt bad for ourselves. Gee, I can't go out to State Fair. I can't go to do this or whatever. But there's a lot of people whose livelihoods that depend on, you know, being able to come out to the Wisconsin State Fair and, and make money for for 11 days, or, or all the people in this immediate area that are parking cars for 15 bucks on their part. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's a big deal. And I think, you know, you're absolutely correct when you say, hey, we were able to open the gates and get a critical mass of people in, whatever that final number turns out to be.
4: Absolutely. In 2019, we, we contributed $250 million of economic impact to the, to the southwest and southeast area of Wisconsin. So um, there there's no question that it's it's wonderful that we're here. It's wonderful that we're doing what we're doing and we have uh three days of incredible weather and whatever the numbers are the numbers will be but it's about the the people coming out and having a great experience
2: okay when do you start planning for next year's fair kathleen o'leary
4: um about (laughs) nine days ago
2: (laughs) okay um
4: there's no question while we're in it is the best planning it's like when we bring in sponsors or new people that want to be affiliated with us how better to showcase what we have while we're in it right we can talk about how how wonderful it is in november but there's nothing better. I just came here for right now um, to you from a sponsor meeting um somebody that's interested in being with us so let's show you this and how great it is while we're in it so we're we're planning for 2022 right now
2: you know you are one of my favorite people <laughs> uh, likewise my dear friend <laughs> okay okay now, i need you to help me out cuz we're speaking about sponsors for just a second now immediately behind me and stuff we have got a couple of these great like mm, patio chairs i, I got to turn my back on you for just a minute cuz okay. i have to read this correctly so here's the deal um you can spice up your patio with a milano dining room set from sister bay furniture tune into wt all day for your chance to win. The Milano line has a clean, clear, and comfortable style. It's for any patio. It retails for over four thousand dollars. It's a Sister Bay Furniture State Fair giveaway on W on News Radio WTMJ. So that they're our sponsor for today. So what we are doing is we are taking one qualifier during each of our shows, and then at the end of the day, somebody's going to draw. Uh, a winner for the, this great patio set which the, these chairs and the other stuff would look great on my patio there's no question about it but i don't get a chance to <laughs> or, right, right. There. <laughs> look great on that yeah I, I don't get a chance to win but so we, we have to take a caller so kathleen your favorite number so they don't blame me for picking a number your favorite number between 10 and 20 18 18 caller 18 855-616-1620 Caller 18 is the qualifier for The Wagner Show for this great patio set, courtesy of the great people at Sister Bay Furniture. Uh, It is our State Fair giveaway. Kathleen, thanks so much. It's always a delight. Uh, Have a great couple final days of the fair. Get a little bit of rest, and uh, it's always a pleasure.
4: (laughs) Thank you. Likewise, Jeff. To the listeners, thank you so much.
2: Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. You're
1: listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
2: Okay, we have our winner for the Wagner Show, at least our our qualifier for this great patio set. And it it, it really, it's really great stuff. Uh, Thanks to Sister Bay Furniture for for working with us on this. It's actually great stuff. There's a picture of me sitting in it. And I'm really, I'm kind of like, huh, I need to have a conversation with my wife. Maybe something like this would look great on our patio, but we can't qualify to win. We've got our qualifier for this program. Hey, the newest summer event is the WTMJ Classic from the club at Lock, LaBelle, and Oconomowoc, our WTMJ team is hitting the golf course this August for a day of food, fun, and networking. Join us on August 17th during the WTMJ Classic live broadcast for an online auction benefiting Rogers Behavioral Health Foundation, a Wisconsin nonprofit providing life-saving mental health treatment. Text the word GOLF, G-O-L-F, to see the items now. It's the WTMJ Classic, hosted by the club at Loch LaBelle, sponsored by Culligan Water Waukesha, Sit Means Sit Dog Training, Professional Construction, Inc., and Evans Transportation Service services in Brookfield. Yeah, that's going to be on Tuesday. As a matter of fact, my program is going to be originating. They get me on the road a lot. My program is going to be originating um, from our mobile broadcast facility, which will be located out uh, at Loch LaBelle. I don't get to play in the golf tournament because the golf tournament, it's a shotgun start. It starts at 11 and uh, probably ends around 3. And ah, gee, what am I doing during that time? Oh, yes, I'm, I'm doing the radio program. But uh, I will be out there looking forward to it quite a bit. There um, there, there was a decision today that i think it's the it's the right thing um you know we've talked a lot about this this moratorium on evictions and and my argument is it it's illegal i I don't think the government has the right to come in and tell a private landlord that you can't collect your rent and and that you just have to to wait and allow people to uh i mean stay in a place essentially forever now that You know, a short-term thing because of an emergency might be one thing. But these rent moratoriums went into effect, I think, in August and have been continued one after another by now executive order um, for, for quite a while. And then Joe Biden has put another one in place. There was a decision by the Supreme Court yesterday which blocked part of the eviction moratorium in New York State. And that is probably going to be a bellwether for other decisions. See, here's the frustrating thing about this eviction moratorium. It applies to... Not just low income people, but it applies to people if you're uh, it's it's based on like how much reported income you have. So if you're married filing jointly, you can have up to one hundred and ninety eight thousand dollars in income and you can still qualify to have this moratorium on being evicted for not paying your rent. I mean, really? $198,000 for a couple? Now, all you have to do to qualify for this is you have to sign a certification where you say you have been adversely affected by the the pandemic. And, And there's no definition of what that means, and there's no review of that. So, I mean, again, you could be somebody... Let's say that, you know, you make $198,000 a year. And let's say that you had to take a 10% pay cut through your employer. So, okay, now you're only made $170,000 a year. Well, okay, you would still qualify. And you only have to certify that. And there's no review at all. And to me, this is one of the problems. It's the overbreadth of this whole thing. If you want to say, hey, we've got some low income people who, who, you know, are just struggling to survive, that's one thing. But just to say to people who might not be struggling in any real sense of the word that landlords can't collect their rent is fundamentally wrong so what the supreme court said today in analyzing a new york the new york eviction moratorium they said look here's the deal Um, you cannot simply allow people to make a determination for themselves that they have been adversely affected If, if a court has made a ruling, for example, in New York, that, yes, somebody doesn't have the money to pay and they've been significantly adversely affected, then the moratorium, we're going to let it stand. But, but that's only for those cases, not people who just decide for themselves they've been adversely affected. That, I think, is at least a positive first step. Nobody's about evicting folks, but from the perspective of landlords, I mean, the landlords – They've still got to pay the utilities. They've still got to make the improvements on their, their property. They've still got to get a return on investment. They've still got to pay their taxes. And at some point in time, how long do you think landlords should be expected to go before collecting what is due them? And before you answer that question, what if the government suddenly said to your employer, hey, you don't have to pay your employees? And but we nevertheless expect the employees to work. How long do you think that you should be able to that you'd be willing to work without collecting a paycheck? My guess is not very long. Well, how long should we expect landlords to go without getting their rent? Same basic principle. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. We are broadcasting live from the Wisconsin State Fair. This is my last day here. I, I've been saying thank yous to all the people. Uh, l- lest I forget, my producer, Grew back at the studio, who's doing, when, we're on, when I'm on remote, he does his job, and he ends up doing about a third of my job as well, and he's done a great job over the course of the fair. All right. Let us switch gears. This is an extremely interesting story. Earlier on, we were talking about this push. If people don't get vaccinated and they end up losing their job, should they get unemployment insurance or not? There's there's really other different issue which is out there. Uh, Most people, as we talked about before, are what we call at-will employees, which means... You can be fired at any time. You can be let go for any reason or no reason, as long as it's not an illegal reason. And similarly, you can wake up one morning and you can say, you know what? I, I, there's that Jimmy Buffett tribute band that I want to see today. I'm not coming into work. I'm going to quit my job. And, and and you can do that. That's, that's the way it works. There are, I, and that's how most people... You know, handle their, their life, and that's how most people are treated in the employer-employee relationship. There, there are some exceptions. There's some people like myself who have contracts, and then there are some people who have contracts through their union. And the union deal, you know, sets that this is this is how you're going to be paid, this is how you're going to be promoted, this is how you are protected. In some businesses, some of the employees are unionized, and some of the employees are not unionized. And it, I, I think employers try to treat both groups, uh, I think, fairly and equitably, but they're not necessarily treated the same because as a matter of law, they're, they're different. If you're a union employee, you know, your contract specifies what benefits you're entitled to, whereas if you're not a union employee, it, it's a whole different set of rules. Which brings us to the story in the Journal Sentinel today. Ascension, Wisconsin, Um. Um, has you know, which is of course you know one of the major you know, medical uh, groups around here. Um, Ascension, Wisconsin has apparently developed this policy that what they've done is they've decided to, you know, reward some of their employees who've worked through the, the last year, the, the health care, heroes. And so what they did is they gave $500 bonuses for employees who work po- full-time, $250 for those who work part-time, and $200 for those who work the minimum number of hours when needed. So they're, they're giving out bonuses to say thank you. Employees hired before April 1st received the bonuses. All right, so that's that's the deal. However, not all employees at, at Ascension Uh, Wisconsin got these benefits those bonuses were paid to non-union employees now Nurses and other workers, for example, the story says at Ascension St. Francis Hospital in Milwaukee, who were represented by the Wisconsin Federation of Nurses and Health Professionals, were carved out from other employees and were not given bonuses. So they gave the bonuses to the non-union employees. They didn't give them to the union employees. Here's what Ascension Wisconsin says. It says, we greatly appreciate and value the service of all our associates. For our associates, represented by unions, Their collective bargaining agreements control the terms of compensation and bonuses. Accordingly, during the terms of these contracts, bonuses are managed in accordance with the parameters negotiated by the unions when they bargain the terms of their uh, CBAs, which was the collective bargaining agreement. So the deal is, you know, because they're union employees and they're covered by the contracts, Ascension decided, okay, we're we're. We're going to follow the contracts. The contracts don't provide for bonuses, so you're not going to get a bonus. So if you're a union employee, full-time, you didn't get the 500 bucks. If you're a non-union employee, you do. All right, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text line. Um, as you might expect, the, the union is, is not happy with this particular situation. And they're saying, look, this is just to turn people against the union. It's a union busting uh, technique that they're doing here. And I mean, from the perspective of the union, the union saying is, look, we, we agree that this isn't called for. They're not required to do this under the contract. But at the same time, there's nothing that would have stopped them from being able to do this. Our number, 855-616-1620, that's the acunate mortgage talk and text line. And for for what it's worth, um, other other hospital facilities like, for example, Aurora, who has union and non-union employees, it's my understanding that they, they gave the bonus to everybody, regardless of the union status. At least that's my understanding. Okay, so 855-616-1620, that's the acunate mortgage talk and text line. Should... Should the hospital system, if you're going to give out bonuses to everybody, should they have carved out the union members and said, you're not going to get it, or would this have just been one where, hey, let's pay everybody because everybody's been working the same way? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. tell you where I come down on this in just a minute. We discuss.
4: This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620,
2: Eight five five six one six one six twenty, which is the Accident Mortgage uh, talk and text broadcasting live from the Wisconsin State Fair. If you're just tuning in, I mean, here, here's the deal. According to the Journal Sentinel, um, Ascension Wisconsin health care provider decided that they were going to give bonuses to full-time employees for working through the, the pandemic, 500 bucks for full-time employees, less for part-time employees. But what they did is they decided we're going to give it just to the non-union employees. For example, that excluded a lot of the nurses. They say, well, look, you know, the union employees, their their pay structure, their bonus structure, it's governed by our various contracts which are bargained now my understanding is there's nothing that would have stopped the company from going ahead and giving the same bonuses to the union employees but i don't know that they have matter of fact i I don't think they have a legal obligation to do it but is it the right thing to do 855-616-1620 dave in west bend dave you're first good afternoon hey jeff
5: good afternoon um full disclosure one i Never been a real big fan of unions, or at least what they've become in recent history. Um, and two, my wife is a nurse. She's not unionized. She's not with a unionized health care provider. Um, if ever they could do something that makes people more sympathetic to unions, I think this is it. Between the mandates on the shots right now, uh, particularly for many of these nurses who have been there in the thick of this for the last 18 months, and then now to say, okay, well, we're going to give bonuses to the non unions, but none to the, to the, to the unionized employees. As you said, there's nothing stopping them. It just seems like right. they're trying to twist a twist, twist knife right now. And uh, you know, there's a the right thing you can do, which th- there's nothing stopping them from doing the right thing. And then there's a the contractual thing, and they're, they're just not helping their right. case out right now. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's you know, getting a little ridiculous.
2: Yeah, so I, you know, I mean, th- th- No, thanks for the call, Dave. I, I appreciate. It. Yeah, I guess see, that's how I kind of looked at it as well. I they. As I often say on this program, there's you know there's you know there's the right thing to do, and just because you have a right to do something doesn't necessarily mean that it it's the right thing to do. And I guess in a situation like this, given what we've all been through, I mean nobody says that the healthcare system has to pay bonuses. I mean that, that's that's not a requirement. And I, I mean and I do understand that. that in some cases, you want to say, "All right, we've got people who are under contract, and, and they have they have different protections." Look, I got a contract, so I mean, it's different. But I, at the same time, you know, typically what happens is, even though you've got a contract, um, when there's when there's for example a need to cut back typically the management management will come to you and they'll say look I mean we know we can't force you to do this but we you know would like you to do it and I mean in those cases over the 20 plus years I've always said sure I mean I I I appreciate that you want to try to be a team player now I understand that you've got you know issues um, that that there that there there's issues that that are there and they don't have to do it. But I guess under these circumstances, if you're giving a bonus to reward your employees, my my, my thing would have been I, I'm going to give it to everybody. <laughs> you know, I, I I'm if I, I'm going to give it to everybody. Now I don't know how many employees are union versus non-union employees, so I don't know how much that that would add to the cost. But you know, big picture, if you're trying to at least you know build up some goodwill with employees particularly in the healthcare area and as dave was saying particularly all the other stuff that's going on now with the mandatory vaccinations and things like that which i continue to believe is going to cost it's going to cost healthcare um services it's going to cost them workers because n- no matter how much you can try to pressure people or threaten them, there are going to be a certain percentage of workers, 5%, 10%, 15%. I don't know what that number is going to be, but there's going to be a certain percentage who say, look, we're, we're not getting the vaccinations, and so you're, you're going to lose them, which means you're going to have to figure out some way to replace those people that are gone. And if the word gets out that, well, okay, this is you know, how they treated their unionized employees, even if they didn't have to do it, I think it makes the the task of trying to fill those jobs more difficult in the future mark in sussex mark you're on wtmj hey
5: uh, thanks for taking the call hey uh yes, sir. i think you're dead nuts. I, you're exactly right on right there as, as far as uh, i'm a physician uh, working in southeast wisconsin here i recently switched organizations I used to be employed by ascension and i think this is just another move by them saying they don't respect their employees these nurses were front line this last year and a half busting their butts, working their tails off, even before they're immunized, putting themselves out there in front of patients that they knew were sick. How how you don't reward them completely blows me away. I mean, I don't know if the nurses within Ascension have an option to be in the union, not be in the union, if that's part of it. If if they don't even have an option, they're employed by them, and then they're in the union, and they are withholding money from them, that would be a reward for everything they've done. Is crazy.
2: Well, it's bad. Nothing else, Mark. It's it's bad optics. (laughs) I think. I mean, it's it's extremely bad optics. And uh, again, I mean, big picture. You know, you're going to need. You're going to depend on loyalty. You're going to be losing a certain percentage of your workforce because they're going to refuse to get vaccinated. And and and, I mean, good nurses. Good nurses are going to be in demand everywhere. I would imagine in the next you know year or so.
5: They're they're already in demand. We're already short everywhere anything you would yeah. do to turn a nurse away from your
2: system is to be ludicrous yeah no thanks thanks for the call and again I, it's it's not a question of do you have a right to do something and and, and they do I guess I was just kind of surprised at, at, at this particular thing. Now, it, it may be that Ascension would argue, well, where our, our unionized employees are treated so much better than our, our non-unionized employees that we felt we had to do it. But I don't think they're going to make that argument. Here's a text, Jeff. Um, almost the same situation at my place of work, except that union workers worked through the pandemic at the plant. Most salary workers work from home. Salaried workers received the thank you bonuses. The union workers... Did not. You know, I, I just. It's. It, I don't know how much money you saved by by doing this. It it can't have been that much. And again, it's also. I mean, you're giving five hundred dollar bonuses. So it's it's not like you're giving ten thousand dollar bonuses either. Uh, here's a text, uh, Jeff. Ascension definitely botched this one. I maybe. You know, I, I'm sure they have a reason for doing this, and I understand the explanation. Well, you know, it's covered by, by a contract, but, you know, I have to tell you, and I, I try to personalize this, Now like I say, I've got a contract, and if all of a sudden I, I worked through the, the pandemic and things like that, um, and I don't think I was treated any differently than the non-contract employees, all I know is that if my company, for example, decided, hey, we're going to give... $500 bonuses to, you know, everybody that, that worked through the pandemic, except you guys who are under contract, you know, Jeff, you know, your, your contract spells out the terms of your compensation, so, you know, because you're under contract, you're not going to get that extra $500 bonus, even though, you know, you, you work through the whole thing. I, I admit, would I look at my contract and say, well, yeah, they've got the right to do it. Would I be happy about that? No. Back with more in just a minute. We're broadcasting live from the Wisconsin State Fair. This is Jeff Wagner. Shoot. And this is Jeff Wagner. We're broadcasting live from the Wisconsin State Fair. You know, I was thinking in the next hour, Pop Culture Corner comes up at two thirty, and I was thinking, well, we could talk about Afghanistan and the debacle out there, or we could talk about some of the crazy stuff that's going on with regard to education. And at the same time, I thought, hey, it's Friday. It's the Wisconsin State Fair. We're going to do something fun. One of my favorite T-shirts. The lady was sitting here. She was just walking away. It says, "You had me at day drinking." Love it. Just absolutely love it. Melissa Barkley just walked in now. Melissa, she almost had to do the show. They almost had to send her out here because they said at the start, I was wandering around before the show started. And um, next door, Budweiser Pavilion, there was a Jimmy Buffett cover band called Banana Wind. I sat down, and they were actually pretty good. Watched about four or five songs. I had the show all ready to go. Kept looking at my watch. Just one more song, one more song. I'm telling you, you're, you're lucky that you were not here because it might have been. Hey, you know
0: they were. Yeah, they were still playing. I actually thought about you when I walked by. I was like, Oh, Jeff would love this show. Well, it was.
2: <laughs> it, it was, and it was kind of like, Okay, well, you know. And then, then I got to thinking because the lady had the T-shirt. You had me a daydream. Right, I'm right, thinking, right. Okay, it's the last day of the state fair. You know, would anybody miss me if I just kind of sailed away? <laughs> and, I, and actually, I, I think the nice thing is, I think people might have. And so we, we come and we've done the show. But it's the two o'clock hour. It's going to be my final day at the 2021 State Fair. So between two. 2 and 2.30, we're going to do something that I, I think is fun. It's something that I almost never do. But I, I'm going to do it in honor of the, uh, the last day at the State Fair, so stay tuned for that. You know, we'll intersperse some other stuff as well. It is a wonderful day here. We have a, a delightful-looking crowd. The, here, okay, here, here's like a little inside radio. Normally, what I always do is I try to turn on our outside crowd mic so people can understand that, that we really are at the State Fair and there really are people. Okay, we, we had a microphone outside the State Fair that's been there well, I've been coming here for 20-some for years, and it's been the same microphone. Somebody stole the microphone. Somebody somebody pulled off this 30-year-old microphone. And so, you know, it's like, I, that, like our engineer was saying, oh, somebody stole it. I mean, what do you mean somebody stole it? You know, somebody reached down, pulled it up, broke it. So we will have it replaced by next year. But, uh, again, you, you have to take my word for it if you're listening to us. We are at the Wisconsin State Fair. There is a very nice group of people standing outside watching us, and we're going to do something fun coming up in the next hour. Do not go away. I'm back right after the news. Live from the WTMJ
1: Annex Wealth Management Studios at State Fair Park, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner.
2: Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. I always get nostalgic on the last day of the state fair. Like I say, the uh, the second week I started at WTMJ, 1998. Um, I was filling in for my friend and former colleague Charlie Sykes, and and I, it was I was out at the state fair, and so I, I'm trying to do inclusive counting. I think it's been 22 of the last 24 years. I think I've been here for a total of 24 state fairs, and out here for 22. And I always look around. I remember all the different interviews and the people that that have come in, and it's just. Um, it, it is part of this tradition that's out there and uh, it's I, I love the ability to come out here and connect with people I, I have in front of me and, and I have a huge stack of papers with all sorts of different topics that we could discuss but I, I think you know under the circumstances we're going to do something we, we almost never do now I get in the course of a given day I would say on our text line, Several hundred texts from people responding to—I mean, obviously the topics that we're talking about—and and giving their feedback. And, and interspersed with that is is a lot of like ask Jeff questions. Yeah, I'm I'm just kind of curious about this, and and I sometimes I answer them, sometimes I don't. I I almost never. I know there's some hosts that have designated times where they set aside a segment to say, you know, ask me whatever you want to ask me, or you know, open what what is your question? You know, ask me anything. I rarely do that for a variety of reasons. But every once in a while, I make an exception. So, all right, um, for, for this segment, I, I think we'll we'll try it. Um, I, I, I always call these things, I was wondering. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I was wondering. I mean, is there a question that you have? Is there something that, you know, we haven't talked about that you'd like to talk about? Um, you know, I was wondering, I mean, I, I'll, I'll give you an idea, one that just, for example, came in. Jeff, always enjoy your show. My question to you is, do you keep in touch with Charlie Sykes? It always seemed like you two were close friends. Just curious. And, and my answer was, yeah, Charlie and I, I mean, Charlie and I were, were workplace friends. I mean, we didn't socialize a lot outside of work but you know at, at workplace events and things like that yeah we, we would hang out and and I certainly consider Charlie to be a friend and I think he'd say the same thing um, you know we do I keep in touch with him we, we I mean not, not on a daily or a weekly basis but you know we run into each other from time to time we kind of live in the same area so yeah I'd say we, we keep in touch um, we work together for Gosh, probably 17, 18 years or so. And, um, you know, Charlie was very, very good to me. He was, when he has Sunday morning TV show, I was the regular fill-in, and I was a panelist on regular occasions. So, yeah, we keep in touch, and, yeah, we were close. 855-616-1620. That's the Ekinet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. I, I was, the, the headline is, you know, I was wondering, is there something that you were wondering? And, um, you know, we'll enjoy it. Uh, we'll talk about it. Okay. 855 616 that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's start. And, and you know, it's, it's funny. Sometimes people say, ask me anything. Well, I, you, know, you, you can ask anything. That doesn't necessarily mean we're going to answer everything. Sometimes too much information. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Back with your questions in just a minute.
0: Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
2: Okay, 855-616-1620. That's the Academic Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We're, we're doing a segment here that I do maybe once every three or four years. It's, I was wondering, is there something that you were wondering about? Yeah, it's kind of in recognition of the final day of the State Fair. All right, lots of texts here. Um, this is from one of our regular texters, Lou Jeff. I was wondering, what craft beer, not macro beer, would you drink if it was the last beer ever made? Huh, huh, huh. I would, I would have two. Um, I, I just, I love the Lakefront Brewery's IPA. Um, I, I just, I think that's really outstanding. And Surly, uh, the Surly Brewery out of Minneapolis makes a beer called Todd the Axeman, which is, um, uh, just, just an absolutely great beer as well. So if, if you're only giving me one, it would be one of, those two, Jeff. I was wondering, how would you handicap the Democratic U.S. Senate race a year before the primary? Um, okay, I think, I, I think it, it's kind of wide open, but I would think that the leader in the clubhouse right now is Mandela Barnes. He's—I'm um, not saying that he'd necessarily be the best candidate to to run um, against Ron Johnson or whatever, but I, I think Mandela Barnes—he he's got. Obviously, as as a as a person of color, he's got support for that. He's you know run for state off wide office before and been successful. I, I mean, you know, I think a lot of people think that Alex Lazary is going to be a formidable opponent. I I don't know. I mean, there's a, a piece in the I don't know if it was in the print edition of the paper today or not, but it it really talks about how how Alex Lazary is a, I mean, he's really not a Wisconsin guy. He's he's a rich kid from New York whose dad bought the. Bucks, or is one of the owners of the Bucks. I understand that, you know. For example, Herb Cole had a lot of cachet, but but Herb Cole was was Milwaukee. Herb Cole was Wisconsin. I don't know that Alex Lazarus. is. I to answer the question directly. Um, my my would be um, I think Mandela Barnes is the leading candidate in the clubhouse Jeff are you traveling this year to see Jimmy Buffett not on the schedule um, not not on the schedule we've got a couple trips this fall coming up but they're not built around Buffett concerts which is a is a drag I always used to go to see Buffett in Las Vegas um, always like to see uh, Buffett in Las Vegas but he's not scheduled to play there um, Jeff I was wondering which Premier League soccer team do you support um, okay, I, actually, I am into the Premier. This is, I, my, my wife just kind of again looks at me with that look that you get from time to time, and because years ago, several years ago, I used to go on Saturday mornings. I used to go and, and work out at a gym, and there there wasn't anything on TV except I started watching English Premier League soccer. Got hooked on it, and somehow I became a Liverpool fan. So I I am a. I'm a Liverpool fan, um, so but I I mean I like soccer in general. But it's um, um, but it's it's interesting, Jeff. I was wondering, can you name three pieces of major things our governor has done to improve Wisconsin? Why should he be reelected? Okay, well I'm not the guy that's going to come out and and talk about why Tony Evers should end up getting reelected. I will say this: I, I think it's going to be a much for for some people who say, oh, you know, Tony Evers, he, he's going to walk to reelection. That's not going to happen. For others who say there's no way this guy can get reelected, no, that's not the case either. Um, I'm, I'm here to tell you, I think this is a situation where, as Wisconsin elections frequently are, this is going to be a very very. Um, highly contested race and I think a lot of it depends candidly, as I always say, you can't beat somebody with nobody. It depends who emerges as the Republican candidate. It's one of the reasons why I confess I am so frustrated with Ron Johnson's refusal to announce whether he is going to be a candidate or not. And it's because the problem is everything is on hold on the Republican side of of the docket. By that, I mean, there's people who would be interested in running for Senate if Johnson were to say that he wasn't going to run again. And and if but, but they're they're waiting to see what happens. And if Johnson decides to run again, maybe they're going to throw their hat into the governor's race. But right now, pretty much everybody is on hold waiting for Ron Johnson. And I know Senator Johnson says, well, you know, he, he doesn't think he needs to make a decision anytime soon. And that might be all well and good for him. But if his decision is going to be that he's not going to run, well, then he should say that early on and allow other candidates to start raising money. Jeff. What's your favorite state fair food? Okay, well, I have some go-tos here. My first day, as soon as I got here... My, my lunch after the show went up, got the pork chop sandwich. So that was, um, you know, that, that's from the, from the kids with the, the por- poultry producers or the pork producers. Pork chop sandwich, I think, is great. I love the Wisconsin Products Pavilion. Um, in the mornings, a lot of times I'll get the omelette. I'm trying to eat as healthy as I possibly can. Had a baked potato today, too. So I, I try to stay away from some of the hip and trendy stuff. Um, like the, the, the ideas of the, the stuff on the Krispy Kreme donuts and all. I just, I, I don't, um, you know, I don't think so. Um, you know, it, it's um, it's just kind of that way. Jeff, do you have a favorite craft Milwaukee brewery? Well, that's like asking you to pick, like, who your favorite um Who your favorite kids are and things like that. I, you know, who's your favorite? Um, there's lots of great craft breweries in Milwaukee. And and so, no, I don't. I mean, I, I like Sprecher Amber. I like a lot of the products that come from Lakefront. Um, you know, that's it. Jeff, I was wondering when you someday decide to retire from radio, will you move full time to Florida or you will remain here in the summers? Okay. Well, I cannot see a situation where. I cannot imagine a situation where um, I would we would leave Wisconsin. I mean, my my wife we two of, she had two children and both of them are here with their families and the grandkids and stuff. And you know we're dug in. I mean, I, we've got friends here and family and stuff. I I cannot imagine a situation where we would ever leave Wisconsin for anywhere. Now. You know, a couple months here and there, you know, to get out of the snow. Well, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Jeff, I was wondering if you slid down the yellow slide this year. (laughs) Melissa's laughing at that. No, I I didn't make the yellow slide. I did not go down the big slide.
0: Jeff, I have tickets in case you still want to do that.
2: Um, yes. We could do um, that together. You know, I, I did it uh, two years ago. I did it with my nephew, Alex. You know, oh, he was out here. Oh, my friends, Tom and Patty Hammer. Tom was my oh. former <laughs> law school professor, taught me trial practice, you know. It, um, yeah, no, I, I, we went up and down the, uh, uh, Alex and I went down the giant slide. But I'm, I, you know, no. Are you getting I, too old for that? I'm not getting too old for it. It's just... And no i 'm not too old I'm, no i 'm not too old for it it 's just that's, that there 's other stuff i 'd rather do i 'd rather sit and watch the Jimmy Buffett cover band and, and drink beer and stuff like that. Do you ever drink low calorie beer? Yes, I almost always drink low calorie beer and if my wife is listening, she will tell you that that is the truth. One of the things i've be- tried to become trying to become more health conscious as I move forward and and yes and, and my low calorie beer of choice is miller Lite. so that 's i 'm a I'm a Miller Lite guy um, that's like, Jeff, I get this question a lot. I was wondering, is retirement on your agenda any time in the near future? If you don't answer that one, uh, what are the things you want to do? Um, let's see. I, you know, he, And it was, then they were talking, but he was asking that because earlier on we had Jonathan Green, who's been retired for 11 years. I, I don't know. Is retirement on your agenda? I'm I'm not sure I'm ready to retire, but you never you, you you never know. As I always say, I mean, life is short, and people know you know my story where I, um, you know, I, I lost my first wife five years ago to cancer, and that kind of really gets your attention and reminds you of that. But I I still love what I do, and so we'll you know you you take it you know it's kind of like uh, day to day. Jeff, I know you have a favorite place, Key West, to go on vacation. I'd like to know, do you have a fav- favorite vacation spot in Wisconsin? Favorite vacation spot in Wisconsin? Um, hmm. Door County, probably. I mean, I, I like Door County a lot. I, I um, So that would be, if we were going to spend a weekend somewhere, we, we'd probably go up in, in Door County. And my sister-in-law, one of my sister-in-laws owned, owns a condo in Door County that she's kind enough to let us share from, uh, kind enough to let us share from time to time, so we use it. Um, Jeff, we were in Key West for the first time last March and loved it. I know it's your happy place. Do you have a favorite place you like to stay? Well, that's, uh, yes, we, we um, I stay at a hotel in Key West called the Pier House, which is just, it's a wonderful place. It's right by Mallory Square. It's stupid money, just absolutely stupid money, but it's just kind of a tradition. All right, we'll be coming back with a couple more questions in just a minute. Stick around.
1: Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
2: We're doing a segment here at the State Fair that I I do maybe once every three years. I was wondering, so I'm I'm answering questions. People are wondering stuff. Jeff, I was wondering if you miss practicing law. All right, no... Let, let me answer this definitively. Absolutely not. No, no, no. I do not miss practicing law. I never look back. If you ask me, Jeff, would you did you did you miss being in the US Attorney's office in 1987? The answer would be yeah. If if we could if you could turn back the clock and say, "Hey, did you miss maybe, you know, those years?" Yeah, do I miss uh, practicing law now? Absolutely not. Okay, here's an interesting question. Jeff, I know you are a bourbon drinker. I am. What is your favorite bourbon? All right. Well, see, that's an interesting one. That I would answer it two ways. My favorite, okay, my my favorite everyday go-to bourbon is Woodford Reserve Double Oaked. You you can buy that. F- it's not stupid money. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Now my favorite bourbon, all time, is a bourbon called George T. Stagg, which is almost impossible to get. Um, and it's it's stupid money, and I would never drink it as an everyday bourbon. But every once in a while, for a a special thing, you know, it's fine. But Woodford Reserve. On a daily basis, Jeff, do you get along with everyone at the station? Yeah, I think so. Melissa, I I, think, I would say yeah. I think so. Yeah,
0: you're a likable guy. I can't think of anybody you don't get no, along with.
2: I, I mean, no. I, I mean, we. You know, one of the things that's happened over the years is I, I'm older than most of our our teammates and stuff. Mm-hmm. And but I I know I I mean there I was. I, I mean,
0: not, not everyone's best friends with everybody, but everybody gets along oh, really well. Right?
2: No, there, there's nobody. There's nobody that I do not care for, mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And again, my my interactions are a little bit limited. It, it's weird. At at for example, you work at a radio station, and one of the things are we all have different hours. You know, we do. Th- yeah. There, there's I mean, there there are some people that are are there all day and stuff like that. You know, but for like like for me, I, I come in. I come in an hour before the show generally cuz I prepare at home and then I leave shortly after the show so I don't really interact that much with our club co- but I, I I can't I can't think of anybody No, I can't think of anybody like, either.
0: You know, Same with me either. Yeah. I can't think of anybody I don't right, I don't you know, like or w- or don't get along with.
2: Um right. Okay, yeah, that's it. Uh, Jeff, do you miss Charlie Sykes? Uh well Charlie and I were, were great friends for and I I enjoyed working with Charlie. I that's um and and I think Charlie's an incredibly talented guy. I I do. So um I but, but it was it was time. I mean, Charlie had made the decision a few years ago that he was ready to do something else with his life, and I certainly respect that. But yeah, I I, I enjoyed. I guess that's the way I'd answer it. I I certainly enjoyed uh, the time with with Charlie, and I certainly wish him the best. So, all sorts of interesting questions here. Everybody keeps asking about. Um, Everybody keeps asking about retirement. I don't know where where's that coming. What from? what, what does
0: that it? mean? What do they want you to do?
2: No, I, I think I. Well, yeah, that, they're just it, curious.
0: They're probably like, right. "Well, we don't want you to go away." But no,
2: I, I don't know. That that's <laughs> it's, it's kind of like that. I mean, I um, you know, <laughs> I I don't. You haven't crossed uh, that bridge just yet? Well, well, exactly. You know, and it it's uh, it's it's you know, it's one of those things. You just always have to decide for yourself. I think,
0: I think also if you like what you do yeah. and you enjoy it on a daily basis. You kind of want to do it until, well, until, until it's until, done. Well,
2: and I, I do think. Uh, you you always know when it's time. Yeah, you know I, I think that's that's the situation. You kind of you know always know when kind of sense time that. And, well, yeah, and it's it's. But I mean, I I certainly enjoy you know what I do. Is at this at the same time, you have you do have a certain life balance at some point mm-hmm. in time, especially if you're fortunate enough to be in a position where. See, a lot of people don't have that option. They think they they have to keep working. Um, I, I I'm a little bit fortunate. Not I, I work because I like to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I love that the segments and things like that. Jeff, is it possible that Scott will. Walker might run again for governor it's possible but extremely unlikely I I don't think I to to answer that question I have not talked to uh governor Walker about that in the recent past but I, I think it's I think that's unlikely I think it's um uh I think that that's it Jeff who was your teen crush famous people
0: I want to hear this
2: Chris Everett really Chris Everett the tennis player oh yeah I had, I had a major league crush. I think
0: it was like Sarah Everett. Fawcett or someone like that.
2: I Well, n- well no, I Chris Everett. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why I had a, a major league crush on, on Chris Everett. And a matter of fact, some of the people I went to college with would tease me about that. Because To this day, they tease me about it because I had that.
0: Have you ever had this where you have a teenage crush, and you remember, obviously, who it was as you get older, and then you meet your teenage crush in your, in your 40s? Have you ever had that happen? Well, in your 60s. (laughs) That happened to me. New Kids on the Block was my favorite band when I was younger. And I always wanted tickets to go to the show. They didn't get to go. But then in my late 30s, I had a chance to go and I met my teenage crush. And I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. I didn't think it would be as cool as it as it it was. It was Pretty cool. I met Chris Everett. You yeah, didn't. But, you didn't meet but, her.
2: But but I didn't want to sound like like, oh, okay. like some psycho stalker. No or no. <laughs> no. <laughs> well,
0: so, like later so, on in life, uh, you met her, yeah, or oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. yeah no, I, but I, I mean, I didn't say hey, you were my teenage crush. Right right. I, that's creepy. I, I, it would be kind of <laughs> yeah. creepy and stuff. But I didn't meet Chris Everett. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, that's it. When we come back, we're going to find out what John and Melissa have on their minds. Please stick around. We're broadcasting live from the Wisconsin State Fair.